This is Speaking Volumes. I'm Josh Rollerson. Fauzi Haymore reads a lot of biographies, and as assistant conductor for the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra, it's perhaps only natural that he'd be a fan of Louis Lockwood's Beethoven, The Music and the Life, which he says takes a unique approach to telling the life story of a great composer. You notice that it says The Music and the Life, so he wants to convey to the to the reader that the music is far more important than the man, right? So he actually uses this book to talk specifically about the pieces of Beethoven, and, and he does it in a very interesting way. When he talks about the pieces, he talks about how it was written, when it was written, you know, the theory of the pieces, of course, and, and what Beethoven was thinking, what was going on in the world. But really, um, it's not written specifically for a musician. It's meant to be read by just regular people who love classical music, who want to know more about Beethoven. And, and so don't think that theory is going to throw you off. It really is very easy to read. He meant to write it in layman's terms. Beethoven is this figure that looms very large in the cultural imagination, right. yeah. sort of monolithic, um, you know, great man, great composer. Absolutely. Right? What, as a musician, a performer, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. an ambassador from the classical music world, right. would you like people to understand? Maybe something that they could get from Lockwood or not? You know, the thing about Beethoven is that he was deaf for a good portion of his life. He actually wrote music without being able to hear it. Beethoven wrote nine symphonies, for those who do not know, and um, he finished composing his ninth symphony, and then uh, he was actually conducting the premiere uh, in 1824. And the famous story is that at the end of the performance, the crowd behind him was going wild, and he couldn't hear a thing. Mm. And Lockwood talks about this in the book in great detail. The contralto singer Carolyn Unger had to actually tap him on the shoulder and tell him uh, to turn around, and then it... He turned around, and then at that moment, he saw the whole auditorium just screaming uh, with great joy and standing on uh, on their feet and just clapping for this marvelous achievement. And then he finally was able to take that pal, but he couldn't tell. What else do you like to read? You know, um, this wasn't always the case. I mean, when I when I was in school, I was not a fan of history. I, I didn't really like reading about history, but uh, something changed in my life, and now I'm absolutely fascinated by it. I, I The main thing that I focus on are biographies, actually. I mean, here you go, Beethoven, but I mean, I'm looking forward to reading the John Adams book. Um, there's a book, actually, a, a, the composer Aaron Copland, written by an author, his name is Pollock, and it's a great, great book. Um, Aaron Copland was an American, uh, one of the most famous American composers ever to have lived. He made a great impact on society, and he really brought American music you know, to the right. forefront. It's interesting. This man went through so much in his life, and, and if I were to recommend a book on an American composer, I would definitely uh, pick that one up. I think people would enjoy it a great deal. Can you recall something you read maybe earlier in your career that that shaped that trajectory? Something that I read, it was mainly scores that I read, to be completely honest with you. You know, you listen to this music, and then as I, I was playing this in orchestra and whatnot, but in order to actually read, and that's what we'd call it is read, you'd read the score and the music, and, and that's how I eventually fell in love with conducting, and I wanted to become a conductor. Talk some more about what it's like to read a score. A score. Yeah, it's, you know, when I look at a score, I start, I first begin very quickly looking through the score just to see where the direction of the music is going from beginning to the end, where the climaxes are and where the phrasing is. And that's really where um, the main idea comes. Mm-hmm. It's a long process and you go through the score many, many times, but you learn more and more every single time. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's really, it's fantastic. It's a lot of fun. It's like when you, when you look at the score in front of you, you see all of the parts right. laid out. Are you able to just take it all? in sort of synchronically and see the big picture or is that only after you've been through each of the, the individual parts? I, I actually begin with 
looking at it in the big picture so I can see where everything is happening at the same time. And then I can, I can hear the music in my head and hopefully we'll be able to convey the message with the orchestra. And then as you move through it right. from beginning to end, does it feel like a narrative to you? Does it feel like we're going someplace? Yeah, exactly. Sure, absolutely. Oh boy, that's a great question. I mean, it depends on the piece, of course, but you know, some composers wrote music with that specifically in mind, wanting to convey the message of hardship or, or, or difficulty in their life or, or a lost loved one or a lost friend or, or a conflict that was going on in the world. You see where uh, the hardships are happening and then where the triumph happens. Yeah, it's very much like reading a book, exactly, but just with a, a musical book. Let's put it that way. Well, Fauzi, thank you for your time today. Thank you, Josh. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Fauzi Haymore is assistant conductor of the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra. Let us know what you're reading on Twitter at Booksburg or send an email to speakingvolumes at wesa.fm. Speaking Volumes on 90.5 WESA is supported by the Community College of Allegheny County. Thanks for listening. Music